This is Josh Briggs, and you're listening to Marking Out. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 544. I'm one of the hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Chris will not be here this week, nor will Dave. Dave's flight back from Chicago apparently went the other way around the world, so he's got some jet lag going on. But you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at DavidPTDPT. Chris, of course, on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash out. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash out 11 That's also where you'll find us on Instagram, out 11 On Twitter, Marking Out, out.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Brandon. I'm doing awesome as always here by myself. Just uh, before we get started into some, we before I get started into some pro wrestling, just mentioned July Fourth. I thought it was a, a nice weekend. Made some macaroni salad. Made some corn. Some grilled steaks. It was a, it was a good time. Spent it for the most part by myself. I saw some fireworks later in the night from. 360 degrees all around that was pretty cool but uh and i hope you guys had a really good fourth of july as well or happy canada day that took place july 1st but i'm gonna move over to some wwe talk right now and kick it off with some monday night raw monday night nitro which kicks off with ms tv with the uh, participants from the Raw side of the Money in the Bank ladder match. AJ Styles cut this off and basically said he wasn't pinned last week and deserves to be in the Money in the Bank match. We saw Amos, eventually he tipped the ladder that Riddle was on, so Riddle uh, further hurt his ankle. AJ Styles then kicked the ankle. We saw Ricochet go to check on Matt Riddle, but John Morrison attacked Ricochet. Ricochet gets the upper hand, and Drew McIntyre helps Riddle up and uh, then knocks almost out of the ring. I'm wondering if this will lead to Matt Riddle being injured at Money in the Bank where he can't compete and Randy Orton steps in and takes his place. But the first match on Monday Night Raw saw John Morrison pick up the victory over Ricochet via countout. It was another fun athletic match between them. Ricochet used Miz again to launch off an attempt to Hurricane Rana, but John Morrison caught him, powerbombed him into the barricade. And in the end, the Miz kept using uh, his wheelchair to, to roll back and forth to prevent Ricochet from going into the ring before the 10 count. I thought it was a good ending. I thought it was a cool spot, but to me, it makes the referee look stupid. Like, you're counting the count. You see Miz rolling back and forth. So, I don't know how to how you could 
possibly get around that with, I mean, with another way to have done that with John Morrison distracting the referee while Miz did that or, or vice versa. I don't know how that would have worked, but cool spot makes the ref look stupid. So I'm kind of torn on that. After that, though, we saw Eva Marie and Dewdrop team up with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to pick up the victory over Asuka, Naomi, Nikki Ash, and Alexa Bliss. I just think this was a lazy match. Uh, Not for the participants, but for creative. I complained about them putting two storylines in one match the other week with the women. And this is, again, pretty much the same thing, although this has money in the bank uh, opponents, how could they coexist on one team? How many times do we have to see that? We also saw a backstage segment where Reginald saw Alexa Bliss, but when he pointed it out to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, she disappeared. So they're like, it's just all in your head. And not that it's the same effect or even the same color. Um, the, the way Alexa Bliss was, was positioned in that, it reminded me of the Tower of Terror at Disney World, where if you've ever been on that ride, it's right before you, right before the drop scene when you travel through the, through the time and space, the the guests from the hotel they turn in like this, uh, like a holographic state and they disappear. That's what it reminded me of. So I kind of pop popped at that, but we saw this tie into the match where Shayna Baszler ends up attacking Alexa Bliss to break Reginald's trance. There was a definite three count in this match, and the referee just had to stop counting due to what I guess would be a mix-up. So, I just, I don't, this match could have been better. After that, we saw Mustafa Ali defeat Mansoor. Ali got the ankle caught between the, the ropes at one point, and Mansoor helped him out. And then Mustafa Ali took advantage of that, rolled him up to pick up the victory and said the high road will only get you so far. So he's still trying to teach um, Mansoor. It just not not clicking with Mansoor just yet. And this is uh, kind of maybe kind of similar a little bit to Brian Myers and Sam Beal in Impact Wrestling. A little bit, perhaps a little bit. After that, we saw Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal via disqualification. This match stemmed from Jinder Mahal not getting a text message back from Drew McIntyre for three days. And all he wanted to do was ride motorcycles with him. <laughs> but in the actual match, we saw Veer and Shanky cause some distractions for Drew McIntyre outside the ring. And then... It ultimately led to the end of the match, but I, I pop big for the three MB taunt from McIntyre, and uh, they all continued the attack after the match. And Jinder Mahal stole Drew McIntyre's sword, so I don't. I can't see Jinder Mahal being put into the Money in the Bank ladder match. I can't see Drew McIntyre being taken out of the the Money in the Bank ladder match. And being replaced with Jinder Mahal. So that feud will probably continue after Money in the Bank somehow. But after that, we saw Lucha House Party pick up the victory over T-Bar and Mace. 
Really cool to see Lince Dorado's cane gear in use this week on Monday Night Raw. Last week was my mark-out moment of the week. Uh, I like T-Bar tossing him out of the ring. I don't even know how to describe the move that he used. It was like a, I don't know, it was like an F5, but like uh, not an F5. I can't even describe it because it wasn't a fireman's carry or anything. But I'm not sure how I feel about Lince Dorado winning with a Hurricane Rana here. I don't mind the victory, but it didn't seem like it was a quick victory, sort of like I got a one-up on you, even though that's how it was played off after the match. But uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm a fan of Lucha House Party picking up the victory. I would, I hope for more out of both teams, though. So after that, we saw Riddle pick up the victory over AJ Styles. I thought Matt Riddle has been doing a fantastic job at selling this ankle injury. During his entrance, good on him. He didn't kick off the flip-flops due to the ankle. Uh, We saw Amos trip Riddle during this match. And it's literally been some of the best selling that I think we've seen in WWE for an injury. Viking Raiders showed up, distracted Amos and AJ Styles. Riddle got that quick victory roll up there. Uh, After that, we had a Charlotte Flair medical update, which... People thought she was going to announce that she was pregnant. But it is stemming from Rhea Ripley taking out Charlotte Flair's knee after their match last week. Uh, She had the crutch under the wrong arm. And said that her match might be in jeopardy with Rhea Ripley. But then Rhea Ripley came out to mock Charlotte Flair. They both end up kicking the crutches out from each other at the same point. And then it turned into like a joust, like a uh, a Star Wars lightsaber fight. <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't know. This was a a pretty big miss segment for me. Charlotte got away. Rhea Ripley ended up on top. I guess I don't. This segment. Uh, It wasn't for me. But uh, after that, we were supposed to see a tag team match. And before the match, we saw Akira Tozawa run down, get chased by a bunch of the boys, the 24-7 roster. R-Truth eventually left the match to chase after the championship. And we saw R-Truth, despite the fact not being there, team up with Jackson Riker to pick up the victory over Cedric Alexander and Elias. I don't know why our truth would be in this segment rather than Jeff Hardy or Sultan Benjamin who have actually been feuding with Cedric Alexander. But Elias refused to tag in and Jackson Riker won pretty quickly here. Uh, We saw MVP mention earlier in the night that he had the match against uh, Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley changed to a tag team match because Xavier Woods doesn't deserve a match against Bobby Lashley. So we saw the New Day pick up the victory over MVP and Bobby Lashley here. MVP, I gotta say, wasn't working the way he was when he first came back to WWE. So I think maybe it was just because he was selling the knee injury or whatever injury it was that that led him to have the cane. Um. But Kofi Kingston hit Bobby Lashley with a trouble in paradise. 
Woods got some last-minute contact with Bobby Lashley outside the ring, so that was cool to see. And when MVP went to hit the playmaker, Kofi reversed it, hit that trouble in paradise, picked up the victory for New Day. So I think it's pretty cool that they got the victory there. I, there's no way that Kofi Kingston's winning the WWE Championship on Sunday. But that was Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT, we saw Great American Bash. It opened up with a, a very nice video package with the voice of Dusty Rhodes. So that's always cool to hear. The first match of the evening saw MSK pick up the victory over Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher to retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. We saw Timothy Thatcher accidentally hit Ciampa with an uppercut, but that really didn't affect him or the match. We were still able to get that double team fairy tale ending, followed by the ankle lock from Timothy Thatcher, but we saw Nash Carter push Ciampa into... Timothy Thatcher. And Wesley was able to roll him up and pick up the victory there. After that, we saw a charging vignette. It was at 91%, which will come into effect later on in the night, and I'll get to that. But we saw Samoa Joe and William Regal come out. William Regal called Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano out and then announced that next week we will see for the NXT Championship Johnny Gargano challenging the champion carrying cross. And he also announced that Samoa Joe is a special guest referee. So I think that's pretty cool. Johnny Gargano comes off, I think, as such a heel here, but it the crowd is eating it up and loving every second of it. He comes out, he's chanting Joe for when Joe becomes the referee and everything. And the fans are chanting along with it. They're they're they've turned on carrying cross. We saw a video package from Kushida about the Diamond Mind, basically just saying he's ready for them. So whenever that is, I think maybe next week, we'll probably see something with that. After that, LA Knight picked up the victory over Cameron Grimes to retain the Million Dollar Championship. And now Cameron Grimes has to be LA Knight's butler for, I I don't know if they said a, a month or just from now on. But we saw LA Knight try to use the championship. The referee takes it away. And there was almost a quick victory there. But the everything goes to the outside of the ring and LA Knight is able to hit the DDT on the Million Dollar Championship. The referee obviously did not see that. And they had a really close call with the, the 10 count there. But Cameron Grimes gets back into the ring L.A. Knight hits his finisher, picks up the victory there. I thought this was a really good match. The only thing I wanted more from this was an appearance from Ted DiBiase. But probably maybe next week or maybe not at all because now Cameron Grimes has to clean and do all these dirty tasks for L.A. Knight. After that, they announced the NXT breakout tournament and all the participants in it. We have Trey Baxter, Carmelo Hayes, Andre Chase, who was Harlem Bravado, Josh Briggs, Ikaminjiro, Joe Gacy, Odyssey Jones, and Duke Hudson. This should be an awesome uh, tournament. I would personally like to see Josh Briggs go all the way here, but we shall see who ends up in the finals. The, the matches start next week. 
After that, for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, we saw Io Shirai and Zoe Stark pick up the victory over the way to become the new champions. It, uh, I think it was nice to see the way get to wrestle in their click gear here. But as the match was going on, we saw Candice LeRae go for that wicked stepsister. The lights go out. We see the battery charge up again to 100%. And when the lights came back on, it was Tegan Knox. So I was, I guess, correct when I guessed Tegan Knox. But Io Shirai and Zoe Stark took advantage of that. Stark picked up the victory, which I think is huge for Zoe Stark here. I wasn't really a fan of the finish of the match, but I still think it's big nonetheless. And after the match, Tegan Knox attacked Candice LeRae. Candice is the one that took Tegan Knox out when she tore her ACL last week. Last week. Last year. So, storyline-wise, she took her out. So, that, that feud gets picked up right back where, where it was. And I'm a fan of that. I'm happy that Tegan Knox is back, and I can't wait to see her wrestle a match again. During the commercial break, though, we saw Dexter Loomis help Indy Hartwell to the back. So Index is is on. We saw a, an interview from Tony Storm saying that she deserves a championship match against Raquel Gonzalez. Um, and then she also denied Saray's request for a match next week. But Saray will be in a, a match next week. After that, we had a North American Championship Cypher celebration which we have never seen a cypher in WWE before, to my knowledge. We've seen rap battles, but never something like this. And it turned into them eventually just performing the Hit Row theme song. This had a lot of people split down the middle. You either liked this or you hated this. I was on the side of liking this. I'm a big fan of Hit Row. It's something different. It's something new. But it didn't seem like the fans at the Performance Center, the Capital Wrestling Center, really even cared about this. Um, I, I saw a few people say this went on too long. But it establishes them as a group and it shows off their charisma. So I'm fine with this. After that, we saw the main event. Adam Cole picked up the victory over Kyle O'Reilly. Really good match. I'm always happy to see Kyle O'Reilly in a main event like this. And um, now Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are tied one apiece. So you can only assume that we're going to get another match between them. And maybe that match will be a loser leaves NXT match. It's tough to say. But that was the Great American Bash moving over to NXT UK. It opened up with Kenny Williams picking up the victory over Nathan Fraser. Kenny, uh, he exposed the metal on the bottom of the turnbuckle and ended up smashing Fraser's head into it. I don't understand what the referee was doing when this move took place. But Williams went on to use his finisher, pick up the victory there. I just, I didn't get that ref spot. I don't, I don't remember there being anything in the ring for the ref to be turned away for. So that just didn't make sense to me. But after that, we saw Mark Andrews pick up the victory over Lewis Howley, one half of the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Sam Stoker tried to distract the referee, but Flash Morgan Webster got him off the apron. And then Danny Luna dropped him on the mat. 
I like this involvement from subculture there. And I like that it was Danny Luna that hit the move. So I thought that was pretty cool. After that, we saw Blair Davenport successfully defeat Laura DiMatteo in her debut match. Good showcase for Davenport, especially for it being her first match, official match in NXT. I don't, I'm not sure if she ever did extra work here, but B Priestley, I'd say it's a a big loss for AEW. Uh, It sucked that she couldn't come from Japan to to AEW in the United States during the pandemic because I think uh, she's going to add a lot to NXT UK. Main event saw Trent Seven pick up the victory over Eddie Dennis. Primate and T-Bone came out eventually and put Eddie's foot on the rope to break the count. Seven took both of them out eventually and won the match, but they jumped him afterwards. Tyler Bate made the save and randomly busted out nunchucks i he's on so uh sporadically that i don't remember him using nunchucks unless he did it in the noam dar segment i don't remember but that was nxt uk moving over to smackdown this was the final smackdown inside the thunderdome i uh i I don't know if i'm I'm kind of i don't know i'm kind of gonna miss this setup they have here but i'm excited to see the new smackdown stage uh but the show actually opens up with jimmy uso going to barge into roman reigns locker room paul Heyman stops him and paul promised jimmy that roman reigns will have his full attention later on roman and paul went to the ring he spoke about wrestlemania and how all the fighters have low moments during a fight. He even brought up Brock Lesnar, which I thought was cool. But he overcame it. He stacked Edge. He stacked Daniel Bryan. He picked up the victory. And he basically said he doesn't fear Edge. Jimmy Uso came out and brought up why he did what he did last week. And Roman Reigns yelled at him because Jimmy used the term vacation. And Roman Reigns was like, I did not take a vacation. I did what you couldn't do. And Jey Uso returned. Which ends with all three of them hugging. First match of the evening, we saw Nakamura pick up the victory over Baron Corbin to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Corbin continues to look disheveled. No theme song this week. Big E came out and showed footage from earlier in the day of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs arriving to SmackDown. It was Corbin's repossessed car. We saw Corbin attack Shinsuke Nakamura before the match. Boogs makes the save. Uh, As far as the actual match goes, there was a moment where I thought Corbin was going to win this. Especially after he got his foot under the rope when he got choked out. But Nakamura ends up picking up the victory there. And uh, I, I thought Big E on commentary there was was great. Him and uh, Pat McAfee enjoying the couch, the foot spa and everything. I thought that was fun. After that, Natalia and Tamina come out. They, they talk about how a new tag team that has never been seen on SmackDown before had issued a challenge to them. So in a non-title match, we saw Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. 
debut on SmackDown, pick up the victory over Natalia and Tamina. I don't know what this means for NXT, given that Tegan Knox literally just started a feud this this past week with Candice LeRae. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon have been talking about going after the tag team championships again. Commentary tried their hardest to only say Knox as opposed to Tegan Knox. It seemed like Shotzi Blackheart is no longer Shotzi Blackheart. It's just Shotzi. Shotzi and Knox. I hope that's not the case, but it was a quick match. I don't quite understand it. Shotzi Blackheart hit the the ball pit to pick up the victory here. Maybe not the greatest of uh, debuts, but I'm excited for Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox if they are going to continue to be on SmackDown. SmackDown really needs women in the women's division. So I think that's awesome that they're here. Just hoping that NXT gets finished up also. Earlier in the day, it was announced that Bailey sustained an injury while training and will be out for around six, uh, nine months. Uh, news sites confirming that it's a torn ACL. Sonya Deville came out and announced that Bianca Belair will be defending the title on SmackDown next week instead of at Money in the Bank. And she'll be defending the title against Carmella, I believe in a ladder match. Liv Morgan came out, yelled at Sonya Deville, and Sonya's like, well, if you listen to, if you just waited a few seconds, and she replaced Carmella with Liv Morgan in the Money in the Bank ladder match, Bianca Belair came out to, I guess, doubt Bailey's injury, which I don't get, but she said that if it's real, she she looks forward to the next time she faces Bailey. This still leaves two open spots, I believe, in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We saw a Tony Storm video package, which also kind of cuts off uh, an NXT storyline because I feel like there was more with Tony Storm and Saray. But I guess that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, but maybe we'll see Tony Storm debut after Money in the Bank. The next match we saw, also very happy for Tony Storm. Like Same thing with Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. The SmackDown women's division, it's needed big time. So I'm happy with that. Um, but Seth Rollins picked up the victory over Cesaro to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. Kevin Owens on commentary here I thought was fantastic. Uh, even bringing up if he wins Money in the Bank and um, explaining Monday Night Raw and the, the wrestlers over there. And why he would cash in or not cash in, perhaps. But it was a really good match. Rollins, at one point, removed the top turnbuckle pad. And to me, it was bizarre because instead of Charles Robinson fixing the turnbuckle pad, he just kicked it out of the ring. I feel like that doesn't make sense. But Seth Rollins reversed, I believe it would have been a powerbomb with a Hurricane Rana. Cesaro, boom, gets busted open. Uh, Seth Rollins also drags Cesaro outside the ring to hit a DDT on the steel entrance ramp. And then he eventually hit the curb stomp to pick up the victory there. Earlier in the night, Edge spoke about the Usos, which the Usos did not like. And later on, they were walking backstage. Jimmy went to go knock on Edge's door and Jay stopped him, told him just let Edge call them out first. Jimmy barges in regardless 
and the locker room was empty. We see Seth Rollins later on speak about how he cashed in the money in the bank last time on Roman Reigns and how he waited a long time before cashing in. Maybe he'll do that this time. Maybe he'll cash in the night of. But he complained that he shouldn't even be in the Money in the Bank match and he should be in that title match at Money in the Bank. And Edge showed up and said he's going to go call Roman Reigns out and do what Seth Rollins won't do. Which this in itself plants seeds for SummerSlam between Seth Rollins and Edge. After this, we saw the Alpha Academy where Chad Gable basically just put Otis over as a monster. Otis said he'll he'll destroy anyone. I feel like this should have happened earlier given the next segment being Edge coming out to call Roman Reigns out. Roman Reigns told the Usos and Paul Heyman to stay in the back. Jay told Jimmy that it seemed like a trap so they should go back him up. And they did. Roman Reigns seemed like he was pissed off, but he gets into the ring by himself, fights with Edge. The Mysterios run down, go after the Usos with chairs. The Usos eventually stopped Edge from hitting the the spear on Roman Reigns, but the Mysterios helped Edge out with the Usos. Edge locked Jay in the crossface with the chair bar. Roman Reigns just watched. He also locked Jimmy in it as well. So I thought it was cool. I completely forgot about the Mysterios and uh, I popped because Edge and Rey Mysterio are former tag team champions so I thought that was pretty cool that's Smackdown Uh, I'm gonna take a quick little break here you'll hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped and I'll be right back here on Marking Out Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it, Dave's done it, Brandon's never done it. You're down there, you you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 544. Remember, check out manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. You pick up the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and so many more items on manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping. Moving over to AEW Dynamite, AEW Road Rager, live from Miami. The first of uh, of the, the whole tour, this brand new tour. Uh, wrestling is on tour again, live wrestling. It opened up with Cody picking up the victory over QT Marshall in a South Beach strap match. Um, they used the, the touch all four turnbuckles technique in this match rather than what whatever Elias and Jackson Riker did for whatever reason. But not even three minutes into this match, we saw Aaron Solo try to get involved. Dustin came out, fought him off ringside. They they ran to the, the crowd. Cody ends up hitting three consecutive crossroads before winning the actual match. I could have done without this, and I hope this feud ends soon. Uh, after that, we saw Sean Spears talking about Sammy Guevara, and Sammy shows up, throws a chair at his at his head. The setup I popped for looked a lot like a WCW 2000 backstage interview uh, setup, so I thought that was pretty cool. After that, we had Kenny Omega and Don Callis, where Tony Schiavone is about to interview them. They take the microphone as. Every Tony Schiavone interview goes. But it's basically the same thing as last week. There's nobody left for him to beat. Vance Champ for Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order came out. Kenny asked Evil Uno, the capital of Thailand, kicks him below the belt. It turns into a brawl and then Hangman eventually made the save super over. Hangman Adam Page was so over on, on Wednesday night that when he eventually wins that championship, the, the fans, I think, will be happy with that. We had a sit-down interview with Jim Ross, Darby Allen, and Ethan Page. This was just to set up the coffin match for next week in Austin, Texas. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from that match. I kind of hope Darby Allen loses because Ethan Page, I feel like, needs victories here. After that, FTR teamed up with Wardlow to pick up the victory over Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager. It came down to the referee getting distracted by Tully. Even though she saw FTR run into the ring, that to me doesn't make sense. They take advantage. The pinnacle picks up the victory. Earlier in the match, she was distracted and yet somehow called Jake Hager's tag legal. I, that, I don't, I just don't understand that. That made no sense either. Afterwards, though, Conan hit Wardlow with the, the loaded sock. Zero effect on him. 
Tully Blanchard takes him down with a chop block. That ends the segment there. They announced for next week's episode, the IWGP US Championship will be on the line. Carl Anderson, machine gun Carl Anderson, making his New Japan Pro Wrestling return, taking on John Moxley for that championship. So I think that's pretty cool. I don't see Carl Anderson winning, but I think that's still cool. After that, Chris Jericho and MJF had a face-to-face, which starts with a Mark jumping the barricade, trying to get into the ring or something. I don't know what his goal was here, but good on security and Justin Roberts for getting involved so quickly, getting that dude on the uh, the ground or whatever. Uh, don't be an idiot. Don't hop the barricade and try to get in the ring. This is like, how stupid? I don't understand. I don't understand how people are that stupid. But MJF lays out his his stipulations for Chris Jericho. I believe it's four opponents that he chooses, MJF chooses, and then Jericho has to win them back-to-back. The fifth would be a match with MJF. MJF made Chris Jericho shake on it, and then Jericho hit him with the Judas effect. So I would say surely that cancels every stipulation that MJF laid out there, and he's going to want more stipulations added to that. After that, Britt Baker cut a promo about Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Nothing big there. Andrade makes his in-ring debut against Matt Seidel, picks up the victory. The match for me, it was very eh. I wasn't a fan of Andrade's new finisher. I was hoping he'd still be able to use the the elbow because it's way better than the Judas effect. Like, there's absolutely no comparison as to how much better Andrade's elbow is than Chris Jericho's Judas effect. But after the match, he locked Matt Seidel in a submission using a belt. The fans didn't really care about this match, it seemed. They, they, they were hyped during his entrance and then it just all started it just like fell flat and that's very unfortunate but maybe that's not really how you book Andrade and uh, maybe they should start mentioning the fact that he's facing Kenny Omega at Triple Mania there's no getting around that but I feel like because of the way they've handled things with Impact they're not going to mention that After that, Arn Anderson had an interview. The lights go out during this. And when they came back on, Malachi Black shows up. The former Aleister Black hits Arn Anderson with the black mass. Cody comes into the ring and also gets hit with the black mass. I popped big time for this. I thought it was awesome. This was the best part of AEW Dynamite for me. Um, During Cody's match, though, the lights went out. Fans went nuts. Nothing happened. So I have to assume that this was all connected. Aleister Black, Malachi Black, uh, he's got a bum eye just like he did with WWE, but now there's more bruise to it. So that's really cool. Um, Maybe Buddy Murphy can be next after the 90 days is up. Uh, Also, I didn't understand how Excalibur would have known Aleister Black's new name already he's like oh that's tommy end i faced tommy end blah 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 blah. but actually that's not tommy end it's malachi black why not just let something like that happen naturally and have like 
Malachi Black introduced Malachi Black to us. That made no sense whatsoever. After that, they showed footage from before Dynamite of Ricky Starks. Cutting a promo on Brian Cage. Taz came out, yelled at him. Um, Starks had security and he spoke about Brian Cage's wife, which drew Brian Cage out to take out the security that Ricky Starks had with him. I don't understand this infighting with Team Taz, especially when you're taking shots at somebody else's wife. That just doesn't make sense. After that, Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy picked up the victory over the Bunny and the Blade. Blade ended up using brass knuckles, but Chris Statlander tagged in when he wasn't looking, and she was able to hit her finisher on the Bunny to pick up the victory there. After that, there was a segment where some MMA guy, Dan Lambert, American top team or something, I don't know what that is, he took the microphone, he was about to be interviewed, he was with Amanda Nunez, somebody else, takes the microphone, trashes AEW, which I thought was funny, but I just have no connection to him at all, I don't know who he is, other than that he did something with Impact, with Bobby Lashley. Lance Archer came out, knocked him out. I have no idea why this segment took place. I don't know if that's going to lead to whoever that other guy was out there facing Lance Archer. I don't know. I just don't understand. I felt like this segment could have been scrapped entirely and just given to the main event because the main event I thought was short. I think it needed a lot more time. Young Bucks picked up the victory over Eddie Kingston and Penta in a street fight to retain the the AEW Tag Team Championships. We saw a Canadian Destroyer from Penta to Matt Jackson off the apron through a table. You, You would think that could be the end of the match, but in AEW that doesn't exist. Nick Jackson hits a 450 onto the referee while Matt Jackson tapped out to the rear naked choke. We see the Good Brothers show up. Penta takes them out. Brandon Cutler gets involved. Kazarian shows up, puts him through a table. Another referee ran down to to make the count, and Nick Jackson takes that referee out as well. Kazarian gets hit with the Magic Killer. He ultimately gets taken out. Eddie Kingston introduces Thumbtacks, which Matt throws at him, which I thought was an interesting spot. Ultimately, though, Young Bucks pick up the victory. Fans look bored at the end of that match. I'm sure it's because they wanted Eddie Kingston and Penta to be the new tag team champions. I don't know why they would think that Penta and Eddie Kingston were about to be the tag team champions, but I think that match needed more time. That was AEW Dynamite moving over to Impact Wrestling. Kenny Omega and Don Callis were on the list this week. They were interviewed right away about Kenny's contract signing with Sammy Callahan. They kind of brush it off. Later on, Sammy Callahan was interviewed about it, and he got arrested for assault and battery of Don Callis. Callis was then asked about this, and he played footage of Sammy attacking him, and it was like... It was pretty clear that it was not Sammy Callahan. But the contract signing was still going to happen later in the night. I just wish Don Callis was wearing a neck brace to sort of play up the injury. 
I think that's something a heel would do. So I thought that'd be just something added extra to that. First match, though, we saw Jake something pick up the victory over Brian Myers. I thought for sure Sam Beal was going to stop Jake from winning. But because of that victory, Jake something, uh, Brian Myers had to tell Jake something that he was a professional. And as Brian was, uh, I guess, stalling and saying that, Sam Beal then hits a, a move on Jake something. They both attack Jake something, and Matt Cardona returns, makes that save. Six weeks before the orbital bone was supposed to uh, heal, I guess. But uh, I thought it was cool. It was fun to see Matt Cardona there. I'm assuming Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers is going to be taking place again at at uh, Slammiversary. Maybe a tag team match. Matt and, and Jake versus Brian and Sam. After that, we saw Deanna Perrazzo asked about what's next. And she says she's going to issue an open challenge. She goes to the ring. She picks up the victory over Lady Frost to retain the Impact Knockouts Championship. And it was nice to see someone new come in for that match. I think the Knockouts division really needs more women and hopefully she's there to stay. Um, Deanna Perrazzo, she basically had the match won, but she lifted Lady Frost's shoulders up, lock in the submission, pick up the victory that way. And then afterwards, she said that she doesn't need to know who her opponents are. She could just beat them. Gail Kim came out and announced that at Slammiversary, her opponent will be a mystery. So, Slammiversary. It could be Chelsea Green. That's who I'm assuming it would be. There's Mickey James. There's uh, the Iconics. Ruby Riot. Unless Ruby Riot's uh, contract is not up yet. So it should be interesting to see who Deanna Perrazzo faces at Slammiversary. She has an opponent. She has Fabi Apache at Triple Mania in August. So I'm assuming she's going to retain. I don't think that match will change. After that, we, we, we were at Swinger's Palace. Chris Sabin showed up. Swinger wasn't there. He was doing something. Moose attacked Chris Sabin and Hernandez when he tried to break it up. And Moose accepted Chris Sabin's Slammiversary challenge. So that match will take place at Slammiversary. After that, Chris Bay was interviewed about choosing a side. And he said that he has not chosen... Either side, he's chosen the side of Chris Bay. I still, again, don't know why he needed to choose a side. W. Morrissey picked up the victory over Jason Page, Manny Smith, and Deontay Evans, three-on-one. Before the match, Morrissey accepted Eddie Edwards' challenge for Slammiversary. This match, though, is just a big squash match. Puts uh, Morrissey over as a huge... Uh, unstoppable person that uh, Eddie Edwards has to look out for. And I thought that was good. Rosemary and Havoc picked up the victory over Susan and Kimberly. This was to prove that Rosemary and Havoc could be a tag team. And they went out there. They proved that they could be a, a title contender. Later on, though, we saw Kimberly talking with Susan. Susan was pissed off. And Kimberly pitching that alternate identity again. Her solution and had Father James Mitchell there for Susan to talk to. So Sue Young could be coming sooner than later, but uh, 
I don't know if Kimberly. I, I don't know if Sue Young comes back. Maybe she'll take out Kimberly. It might be a mistake that she's doing that. After that, we saw All About Me. Jazz was the guest host this week. I thought it was funny because Jazz had like no idea what she was doing there. And Tennille was just basically saying that Jazz ruined her being in a tag team with Rachel Ellering. And then Tennille attacked Jazz from behind. Jordan, Grace, and Rachel checked on Jazz. And they went to go look for Tennille, which randomly cut into a promo. And they challenged Tennille and Caleb with a K for a match next week. Part of me could see Rachel Ellering turning on Jordan Grace and aligning herself with Tennille. Or maybe it's just because I really want to see that happen. I don't know. After that, though, we saw Rich Swan and Willie Mack cut a promo. They spoke about Violent by Design, what they did to them last week, and they challenged them to a tag team championship match. Fala Ba and TJP came out. Uh, TJP basically said that they have a common enemy. They're also looking for Violent by Design. Violent by Design came out, and before they could say anything, the Good Brothers come out. Tommy Dreamer then sets up a match at Slammiversary, a fatal four-way match for the tag team titles. All those teams will be involved. And then he also set up a singles fatal four-way match for the main event. Carl Anderson picks up the victory over Diener, Rich Swan, and TJP. Uh, Carl Anderson tried to broker a deal at one point with, with Diener. Diener attacks him. I thought it was a good match. Carl Anderson picked up the victory and pinned uh, Diener. After that, we had the contract signing for Slammiversary. Scott Demore brought out Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Kenny signs it. Then we see footage get hacked onto the screen from Sammy Callahan attacking Don Callis. And it was Johnny Swinger filming. And it was Johnny Bravo as Sammy Callahan. Callahan hacks himself into the ring, attacks Kenny Omega, and uh, Sammy signed the contract and put Kenny through the table. Good way to end Impact Wrestling this week. But that is Impact. Hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? This is Droopy Dog, and you're listening to Brandon's shout-outs. The first shout-out goes to National Treasure and National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. I watched both of them back-to-back on Sunday. I'm such a fan of these movies, and uh, I have no idea if the rumors of a third movie is true, but I really hope they are. I always kind of hope that they do a crossover movie with Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think it'd be like the perfect movie to cross over with. But I, I don't know if we'll ever get that sort of film. I I really do hope that we do. I just don't think we ever will. But I'll settle for National Treasure 3. It was July 4th, so I thought it'd be something fun to watch. And, uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it. If you've never seen the two films, check it out. Disney Plus, if you have that. Next up goes to Cooking with Brandon Episode 5. Because it is NWO week. And I figured, why not shout this out? Because we have an NWO-style commercial for Pro Wrestling Tees in this. 
still to this day, there aren't that many commercials out there for a shirt store on Pro Wrestling Tees. So you could check that out. Cooking with Brandon, episode 5 on YouTube. YouTube.com slash out 11 uh, And then ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Last up, though, is an anti-shout-out for Peacock. I have not given an anti-shout-out in quite some time, but for whatever reason, they decided to delay the release of Lex Luger's Icon episode. Like, it was supposed to air on July 4th. That's I was going to watch it on July 4th. How is that not the perfect date? It was the anniversary of him body-slamming Yokozuna on the Intrepid but they apparently wanted a stronger lead-in or something. I think that's so stupid. It led me to watch National Treasure, so what a loop that is. Um, But yeah, I don't know when they're going to release this Lex Luger Icons episode now. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for mine. Mark out moment of the right my mark out moments of the week definitely marked out that the statue of liberty on the stage for great american bash was probably the same one from wrestlemania 29 the one that was above the ring so i I definitely popped at that big time i was the first person on twitter to point that out and uh and then everybody else slowly but surely followed uh, another markout moment. I know I spoke about Sea of Thieves lately a lot, but I marked the absolute hell out because the third Pirates of the Caribbean Tall Tale is a lot like the actual ride at Disney World. And I'm such a huge fan of that ride at Disney World, so I had to stop a bunch of times, take some screenshots of my character, and just really enjoy the heck out of that level or Tall Tale, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is like at Disney World. If I'm there at Magic Kingdom, it's either Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion first. And uh, whichever I didn't go on second. So definitely I'm very happy playing the Sea of Thieves update. And then I also marked out that the Major Pod had Brian Clark on. I was such a big fan of Chronic. A lot of people I know first saw him as Adam Bomb and then as Wrath, but for me it was it was Chronic. So check that out on their YouTube page. Uh, that's my markout moments of the week, and that is episode five hundred forty-four. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Marking Out at uh, BTTG one six one on Instagram as well at Chris Sweendog. Uh, David PTDPT on Instagram as well. Twitter, Instagram, marking out 11 on Instagram. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marking out. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash marking out 11. Uh, buy some shirts, pro slash marking out. If you go to manscape.com, use the code regardless for 20% off and free shipping. Twitch.tv slash marking out. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com, and we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Happy.